You're listening to the Real Estate Radio Hour, the show that brings you unfiltered stories and insight from the Twin Cities real estate world with your hosts, Chris Rooney, broker at REMAX Preferred, and Andy Presky, leader of the Preferred Home Team at REMAX Advantage Plus. I think that a lake home that sits on the market for 60 days is, might, might be overpriced a little bit, yeah. you know, yeah. so... Hey, everybody. Welcome to Real Estate Radio Hour, show number nine. Holy cows. Um, thank God this is free and not uh, watched by uh, anybody that can control us and kick us off the air. But uh, that would bring you guys another entertaining show this morning. Um, we thought we would add a third leg to the table of knowledge. And we added this guy right here this morning by our good friend, Mark. Um, we go to this guy when we need to know where the crappies are biting or uh, when we need a tea time. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Mark. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. How's, uh, how's the, uh, the weather up in uh, beautiful Nisswa? You know, uh, other than the uh, two inches of snow we had two weeks ago or three weeks ago, um, weather's beautiful <laughs> now. <laughs> so it's, we're definitely getting our fix of uh, Minnesota spring. But uh, yeah, no, the last couple of days have been absolutely gorgeous. Uh, 80 degrees, sunny, calm. Kind of wish uh, it would have been this way over the weekend. That's awesome. Are you guys, uh, how's how's the fishing been up there for you guys? You know, if, I'll be honest, I have fished very little this year, but uh, um, from what I've heard, uh, there are a lot of crappies biting in the shallow bays still and the pencil reeds and uh, the, the walleyes. I just seen a report from my local guide yesterday that sounds like they're they're catching a lot of walleyes during the day up here. So Typically this time of year, it's a, it's a night bite. You got to get out after dark on some of these lakes because they're so clear, but uh, they're, they're catching them during the day, which is good to see. It's a nice fish. It's kind of funny. We um, just kind of a real quick, for those of you tuning in, uh, Mark is one of the, the, what we consider go-to agents in the Niswa, Brainerd, Baxter, Gull Lake uh, chain of, uh, I don't know, you, you cover all the lakes. (laughs) He's our go-to guy. When we have a customer, we like to refer everybody to Mark. Um, does a great job and uh, knows the lakes. I think that's the key thing is, is that knowing the properties, um, knowing the right bays, knowing like we're talking about, Hey, you know, somebody's a fisherman or a, a golfer, or she likes to, you know, shop or she likes to, you know, go out and uh, whatever. Um, we, we, we refer Mark for, for lots of different reasons. And um, but, but what we're kind of doing is catching up a little bit today on what's happening in that market. Cause it's almost cabin season, which, for you, um, I, I highly would like to call any of your properties cabins because, my goodness, your uh, more lake home, I guess, would be appropriate, huh? Yeah, it's starting to trend that direction for sure. It's, uh, you know, right now we're, we're seeing fewer and fewer cabins. Uh, that's for sure. You can definitely buy a, buy a cabin, uh, buy something affordable, uh, you know, somewhere you can bring the family up to. Uh, but, you know, we have been seeing the trends, you know, especially over the last three, four, five years of, uh, what was a cabin and is, is, has been constructed into a home at this point, if it was on a, on a nice lot. Um, but there are some out there. It just depends on kind of what style you're looking for. Um, so, Mark, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and then we'll kind of get started with the show here. Yeah. So uh, my background, I was actually uh, uh, gotten to join Remax, uh, I think, six years ago. Uh, I was a mortgage broker before then, managed a mortgage office in town. And um really just seen a need for, for uh, kind of some high quality real estate professional, you know, professionals in the area. Uh, so I quickly, uh, after getting, you know, joining Remax, 
I got a team going. I now have a team of uh, five agents. Uh, we have some full-time admin help as well. Uh, you know, kind of like you you did in the intro, we we service the whole Brainerd Lakes area. You know, from the Bay Lake, you know, northwest portion of Mille Lacs Lake, all the way up through the Whitefish Chain. Uh, we do some business up in the Park Rapids area as well through Walker. Uh, we kind of kind of cover the whole spectrum of lake territory. You know, kind of once you get past Little Falls on uh, 371 there or 10 there. So um, you know, it's kind of, kind of our market. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool, man. So, um, you know, we, we've had a, um, uh, an interesting market here. I know you guys were affected a little differently probably than we were, um, with all the craziness going on with health risks and everything else. Um, you know, our market, we, we honestly didn't, I mean, Chris and speak up, you haven't said anything yet. Um, (laughs) I've been putting in my mute, um, the, uh, market (laughs) down here, I haven't been affected. I know we're up a little over last year, uh, but it's we're working hard to find the inventory too. I mean, it's not like it's easy to find. I mean, listings are um, are, are the key to success in this industry right now. And what are you seeing down there, Chris? Down down here in Prior Lake. Oh, Prior Lake area. Okay. Um, yeah, no, obviously inventory. I mean, inventory is down all all over. Mark and I were kind of talking before we went live, and maybe we were talking when we went live. But uh, yeah. it was, you know, he was saying that there's inventory is down, what, 26% or sales? Uh, inventory is down 26%. Uh, our sales have actually been consistent, uh, but our inventory is is down tremendously. Yeah. Grab them. yeah. You, we were talking about that yesterday a little bit when we were uh, getting ready for today's show. We thought um, Mark was saying, hey, if you've ever thought of selling in this area, what a fantastic time. Um, if you're not going to be using that cabin, um, call these guys. They have a, a literal, uh, every price range buyer ready to, to take advantage of opportunities. Yeah. And, and it's, I mean, our, our on water is obviously the, gets the most attention right now because it is lake season. You know, we have a solid, you know, 12 or 14 weeks of uh, true enjoyable lake season and we're in it right now. Uh, and, and I, I've heard, I've heard conversations with clients th- you know, across the entire spectrum of, you know, is it, a, it's a great time. Uh, we're scared that, you know, maybe there's not a lot of buyers out there right now. Uh, the reality right now in the lake market is it is a phenomenal time to sell your lake cabin. Uh, there's a lot of people out there trying to figure out what are they going to do with their whole summer? Uh, right. what, what the trend I'm seeing, usually this time of year, honestly, it gets a little slow up here because we have end of the school year, we got baseball and track and school sports, and it's tough to break free from your home and bring the family up for the weekend. And if you have a free weekend, it's like, oh, we can finally mow the yard. We got to stay home this weekend, <laughs> you know? Right. So, but this year is different. You know, we see in the trend start beginning of May when usually people are really tied up and busy, but the kids weren't at school. You know, we don't right. have spring sports or summer sporting events. And and now they're like, okay, how do we, how do we fill this time? We're not going to sit in the living room and in the backyard all summer. We need somewhere to go and something to do. And so we started seeing a mad rush of people trying to fill that void. And, and I believe that's what the, the biggest uh, uh, crush in our inventory has been is we've just, we've had a lot of not just tire kick buyers, but a lot of people that were, Hey, you know what, even if it's just for one or two summers uh, we're getting it, we're getting it now, you know, and, and that's, that's, what's been our crunch. So real quick, um, I know Mark Mark Petey here um, giving us a call uh, today from uh, God's country, as you guys call it, um, up in the Brainerd 
lakes area all the way up through, uh, you know, Cross Lake and, and Nisswa. But hey, so give me a quick little snapshot for those watching. What, what is the um, entry level price range right now if I want to buy a place on Gull or Whitefish? Where, where would you suggest people start with a budget? You know, realistically, it's it's been it's become really difficult to get on uh, either chain under three fifty or four hundred thousand uh, dollars. There there were some cabins this weekend I showed to a, a, some clients of mine on the very west edge of the Whitefish chain in uh, the Delta Bay area, and you know, for me, it's all about what are my clients' priorities and what are they looking for. Well, at at that three fifty or four hundred. Uh, you do get a decent view, but in that Delta Bay come mid-July, it is full out weeds. You barely navigate your boat through it from time to time, right. you know, and, and, and so for me, you know, showing my clients, they actually enjoyed the cabin, but it was, you know, they couldn't see that part of the season yet. And I had to make sure that, Hey, okay. Yeah. There's this, this price tag may seem right, but this is why, you know, and, and just making sure they understand, you know, the, the intricacies of uh, different portions of the lake and how, how, you know, come August, you know, the lakes are different. It depends on where you're at, what kind of bottom you're at. Um, you know, so it's, it's really understanding that side of it, but, but yeah, at that 350 to 400, you can get a year round, uh, year round home. Uh, when you start trickling underneath that, that's when you start getting into more heavy bay, you know, softer frontages or, uh, you might have a seasonal cabin, you know, one or two bedroom type setup. Uh, you're really looking at lot value more than you're looking at cabin value once you get under that point uh, for gotcha. the most part. Gotcha. So. Are you seeing uh, demand come back for properties up on golf courses too, or is that just mostly lake frontage and hunting land up there? You know, it's been kind of kind of interesting because our area, believe it or not, we're, we're not huge on the golf course frontage. Uh, like... Oop, I think we're losing you, Mark. They don't. They don't have internet. Oh, up there, there we're back. We're back. Oh, yeah, right. I know. I I had to get back on my bicycle and get the internet pounding. Beautiful. But, uh, uh, internet. Yeah. Huh? What I was saying though is that we don't we don't have a ton of the golf course uh, pull. Now we do have a little bit. Uh, there's a few golf courses you can buy on Whitefish Golf Course. Craigans just had a a new uh, development pop up. Uh, but you're not on the golf course there. You're just near the golf course. So it's, uh, um, but it is something that will become more relevant, I think, as as they start opening up some developments around some of the courses too. How uh, how about financing? I mean, are you seeing a lot of your buyers coming in with cash or are they financing the properties? You know, recently we've seen a huge influx of cash buyers, uh, which is which is very comforting to see. Um, you know, we are having some people finance uh, definitely no issues with financing, especially since, uh, you know, if they're, if they're looking at, uh, doing something 30 year fixed on a, on a, on a year round cabin, uh, obviously rates are absolutely fantastic right now. And, uh, you know, I think that's where, uh, we're seeing a lot of buyers realistically, they're looking at it and saying, why won't, why wouldn't we finance it right now too? You know, if you can get right. a, a second home with, you know, at 3% interest, that's, that's phenomenal. So. Yeah, that uh, I don't know if you can see the graph we just put up there, but this was kind of showing. So the last time you bought a house, um, you know, 70s, 80s, 90s, whatever, and kind of showing where we're at today. Um, this is from Freddie Mac on a 30-year fix. The average nationwide is 3.24% on a 30-year fixed, which is just absolutely unbelievable. 
The one good thing though about uh, the cash buyers, especially when you're in a in a market that's going fast and up, is you're creating appraisals uh, for the financing. Yeah. You know, and so some people are, um, you know, and it's f- for a buyer in negotiations. Uh, and from a seller standpoint, if they don't have to worry about that financing part of it. So a lot of people will pay that cash and then kind of refinance it exactly like you said. Why wouldn't you uh, use somebody else's money for three and a half percent, you know, or yeah. less? But you, you bring up a solid point. You know, when you get into these uh, situations and we haven't experienced a ton of it in the Brainerd Lakes area, but we're starting to see more relevancy to the multiple offer scenarios and cash cash has a lot of speaking volumes. You know, there's a lot of power behind a cash offer compared to a finance offer. And, and you know, we, I lost out on one last week uh, and it was actually on a commercial property where, you know, we came in very, very solid offer, but the offer that took us out was a full cash offer, no contingencies. It's, it's tough to compete with that if, you're, if you have the financing side, just, just because anything can happen on the financing, especially in this COVID situation. I mean, if you're a seller, you get a cash offer, you don't have to worry about uh, somebody getting laid off or hours getting cut. You know, you know, the money's there and it's good, you know. And so. I think the other thing is, is we ran into a problem that we had a cash offer, but they hadn't taken their money out of the stock market. When the stock market went down, they didn't have that yeah. money. You kind of got to make sure that that money is is sitting and it's available or, you know, I mean, cash usually results in a quicker closing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I always say. It's just like, just get it over with. Yeah. Get it done. Get it closed and, and, and move on. Well, you're bringing up an absolutely fantastic point, Chris, is that a lot of people think that cash can be a line of credit. They think that cash can be a stock market mutual fund. And in reality, it, it cash to me is sitting in a savings account. The yeah, amount yeah. that we've committed to, it's there, it's safe, it's not vulnerable. It's, it's you know, almost, almost like a deposit sitting there. And that, you know, the other thing with cash is that if people use cash nowadays, they're using cash to secure the property, not using cash to get a discount. Big, big difference, right? So they're they're taking away the vulnerability of an appraisal. They're taking away um, the the uncertainties, like you're saying, Mark. I think that's a big part of it as well. And and so cash is used differently than it was in 2012. You know, where people were coming in and just lowballing just to get you know because they had it and they could. Yeah. No, right. absolutely. All right, guys. So interest rates obviously historically low. Here we want to do uh, jump ahead a little bit. Um, kind of jumping into what's the 2020 uh, real estate season going to look like this year um, and kind of coming in, um, they, were, they were talking about how it's April um, was a little slower, obviously, with all the things happening in the world. But the last five weeks have been pretty consistent. And this was from, again, from Freddie Mac. Um, there's a, a government purchase uh, applications. So they're buying up the loans. So they're available. Um, you know, we're, we're actually trending higher than we were 5% or uh, 5% higher than a year ago. Um, and that was from, uh, the mortgage bankers association. Um, what do you guys, what do you guys think about that? Well, I think the lenders have been, uh, swamped <laughs> the whole time because they got stuck in the, the whole refinance time and, uh, was actually, they had to turn people away. And a lot of mortgage companies were not even able to, um, do a bunch of refinances because they were going so crazy. So, um, it's nice for it to, to open up and, once everyone refinances again, and there's still people doing it, but uh, now it kind of, uh, it helps our market. Uh, I think it, it, from a resale market better. Yep. 
um, because you're not, I mean, there were some, there were some concerns and some delays in uh, financing when everyone else was uh, refinancing and you couldn't, you couldn't get your closings done. Even though everyone says, hey, we make sure that purchases come first. But when you got that kind of a uh, overload, it just, things happen. Right. You know, I, I, I had some concern there. I think it was a couple of months ago and there was that self-imposed 1% interest rate hike in one day. And I thought, oh gosh, what's going on here? You know, we cut jumbo loans, we raise interest rates a full point. You know, what's going to happen? And and I'm very thankful that everything's kind of trickled back into the cycle that we were in. I, I actually just uh, got an update from a mortgage guy yesterday. It sounds like jumbo loans are going to be coming back uh, starting June 1st, which is a huge thing. I mean that that million plus or you know even 800,000 plus market, you know, they kind of had a little bit of a uh, kind of an uneasy feel to it, you know, for a lot of people, you know, there's some people that could afford it, but you know, now it's, it's good to hear that that's going to be coming back and uh, that should help out uh, that market too. So, yeah. And I just wanted to throw out there too, anybody that's on Facebook live with us. uh, First of all, thank you for joining us. Um, Feel free to like the page and share it. Um, If you have any questions, type them in on the bottom and we can uh, try to dive in. If you have any questions about the Brainerd Lakes area, um, the South Metro luxury market, lakefront market, um, new construction. That's uh, that's your your guys here today. So, um, kind of moving forward though, looking at wh- where's the opportunities for the buyers is is a question that I get quite a bit. You know where are we at? Um, and here here's just kind of some uh, reasons buyers are coming back to the market, even with forced unemployment and stay at home orders, historically low mortgage rates. Again, Freddie Mac is saying that's pushing people into the market. They can't believe how cheap a mortgage payment is compared to a rent payment, right? So anyway, this is kind of just reiterating what we've already been talking about below 3.3%. And then um, it's, it's getting to the point of where the, the incentives, if, if you can find a property, you know, especially I feel, I feel sorry for the, the first time buyers that are trying to get into the marketplace that are, I shouldn't say even first time or the buyers that are under 300 in the Twin Cities. I don't know what that number is for you guys, Mark, but uh, for us, it's so competitive, but the payments are so low. It's, it's worth it. And you can actually, what's cool about having low payments is, you can afford a little more on the house purchase price. So you might be able to go from, you know, 350 to 400 because when you got qualified last year, rates were, you know, four and now they're 3.3, you know, so it gives you a little more buying power too. You know, it's, it's, it's actually the, the rent to buy up here is it's, it's incredible. The difference of what you, what you can do. I mean, it's, I mean, and obviously our rental market is much different than yours, but it's hard to get a one, two bedroom place for 1200, you know, 12,000 to 1200 bucks a month for a nice, a nice place in our market. And, and up here, just because of how low our taxes are, you know, some other contributing factors, you know, that's a, that's a two, $250,000 house that gets you a four bed, you know, two bathroom split entry home. That's uh 2,200 square feet yeah. rather than that two bedroom, you know, 800 square foot apartment, you know, and I mean, so that's, that's a, that's a big difference up here. Yeah. Huge. What do you think, Chris, down in your end of town? What's it like down well, there? It's funny when you talk about that. You know, we have, uh, I've got a fourplex down in Minneapolis. Um, it's the only rental property I've left. Yes. And uh, <laughs> believe me, I spent years getting rid of them. <laughs> I, wasn't, very, I wasn't very good at it. So you're saying we can't call you the slumlord king anymore? <laughs> uh, still, a little. But I mean, what's interesting is that, I mean, these places are, are just a little over a thousand square feet, uh, two bedroom, one bath or two baths. 
and uh, you know we're getting sixteen hundred a month on those things, and uh, you know that yeah. doesn't that doesn't come with a garage either. So it's kind of uh, it's it's crazy. The rental market uh, is has been uh, yeah, I mean really good for people, but I think also people are um, also starting to sell some of their rental properties and. This whole this whole COVID thing, and I think you know, you're why is the summer of 2020 the time to buy and stuff? I'll tell you, I'll tell you if that's the case after June. I just think right. that we need to make this stuff stop, and it's got to go away, and we got to start getting kind of back to uh, to normal because I think if you last too long in it, I mean, right now it's kind of like I don't know. I guess I haven't seen. I mean, the people I'm dealing with, I haven't seen the hurt. At, you know, yet, and it's almost kind of getting um, a relaxed type uh, kind of feel. But you know, people are anxious to to get back, and I think that just this just needs to happen. I mean, you start seeing inventory of you know twenty five percent that it's lower, and once people start taking some hits, that's when we'll start getting you know hurt. I mean, I know building. I mean, nationally, um, I mean, there's the it's it's down a lot. Starts are down a lot. And, um, but I don't know, I think we're kind of, we've been a little insulated from it, I feel, you know, because it, yep. I mean, the market has continued to rise. Inventory is still low, rates are low. So, so what, yeah. what's the, uh, so, so the question of what's the opportunity for sellers, right? Um, kind of for 2020, um, finding a home to buy, however, still a challenge um, in, in this, would you guys not agree? I mean, I think it's easy I don't want to say they're easy to sell, but it's it's easier to sell in certain price ranges. But it's it's it, the challenge is finding that property to buy. Yeah, that 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 second step for sellers is seems to be the challenge. You know, and, and that's where you know in our area there was a workforce housing study done. Uh, it was actually done pre-COVID, so it was done. I believe it was last fall. Uh, we're going to be short forty three hundred homes up here over the next ten years. And grew up there and start building for you. That's it's incredible to think about. But you look at the trends that we're seeing. You know, we're seeing a lot of people um, transition from the Twin Cities up here. I just sold a, a lake lot on Serpent Lake in Deerwood uh, yesterday, actually, to a couple that you know they're selling their uh, townhome down in the metro. They want to come up here. Uh, they're not building anything big and extravagant, but they want to build a you know twelve or fifteen hundred square foot one. Yeah. And that, that, uh, we see a lot of people looking in that size range too. Um, even down here in the cities, it's funny. The buyers are the same. They just, they're looking for a chain of, uh, change of, uh, scenery. Um, and, and hence the, I think it's, it's like a cult like following in Minnesota where we, you, you work down in the city here and then you have your, your, uh, weekend getaway up North. And then, uh, you know, yeah, when eventually your goal is to retire there. And so, as people, I could see people having multiple phases of cabin, lakeshore owning, and and, um, and and a lot of that comes back to building, where I think that second phase of living on the lake, they're like, okay, this is where we're going to be our forever home. And, you know, they want to build, and it's finding the labor and finding the people that can do it on your price point is is probably one of the biggest challenges I see out there right now. It's, but, that's, um, that's definitely the challenge. And, and honestly, a lot of people that want to move up here, they're on a, they come up here and it's kind of a sticker shock for some, you know, or you think, you know, gosh, we, for three, 400,000, we're going to, we're going to build a new place. Uh, we've had a lot of people actually decide not to go on the lake. You know, they want it. They want the, they want the 
community. They want the, the experience, but they realize the budget's not there. So why not just get close to the lake, you know, but it's working within those budgets and, and, you know, a lot of people are realizing, oh, maybe we'll do, you know, off water Brainerd Lakes area during the winter and we'll buy something small in Arizona or during the summer and we'll buy something small in Arizona for the winter. Yep. You know, I, you know, but at the end of the day, they're, they're looking at how to enjoy that, um, you know, that I don't want to say last phase of their life, but their last entertaining phase of their life, you know? Right. Right. So. All right, guys. So, you know, basically here, obviously there's uh, hiring the professionals. Sellers opportunities are huge right now. I think equities are back. Um, if you've been waiting to get your equity back to sell, it's there. Um, so you can move your money finally. I think a lot of us that were in that position where you don't have to sell, you want to sell and you were going to wait for that equity to come back. And just like any other investment in life, you have to decide where do you want to ride the investment? You know, do you think it's going to be best on a lake or do you think it's going to be best in your, you know, your original starter home, or do you think you're going to get the best return? Um, Where would that be? And then on top of that compounding, you put on there the lifestyle, right? So, um, you know, are you achieving the lifestyle you want to have with that house in that area? And that all that goes into the equation for sure. Well, and I think that even, that even goes down to you guys, you know, in the, in the metro area. I mean, you know, what kind of lifestyle do you want down there? You know, are you, are you in, you know, do you need that four or 5,000 square foot house now that the kids are gone? Yes. You know, and do you want the maintenance and the, and the expenses, you know, the clients I just talked to, you know, they, they're leaving a nice place, but he looked at, you know, they are in a 4,000, three, 4,000 square foot uh, townhome or, or something of that nature. He goes, Mark, we're going to build a new place. It's going to be smaller, but we're going to save two grand a month on cash because we're not doing the association dues. We're, we're going to be at a lower tax you know, level and because of their change in location and, you know, this, that, and the other. And they're, they're saying, oh, geez, we're, we're going to be living so much more affordably and within our means. And we're still going to be able to accommodate our family when they come over, but they're not here full time. So we don't need the 4,000 square feet, but those are the homes that I think, you know, on your guys' side, that's, that's, you know, that's the inventory we're missing out on a little bit too. So. I say go big. It's me. <laughs> That's yeah. My wife wants. I mean, my my wife would take an eight hundred square foot home, you know. And I'm like, oh no, I got to have somewhere to go. I want my garage to be a thousand square feet or bigger, you know. Yeah, exactly. She wants. All right. So here's so here's a couple of questions from last week, you guys that came in uh, via Facebook. Um, I don't want to sell for two more years. When should I call a realtor? Uh, do you think the market will still remain strong in two years? Go ahead, Chris. Flip a coin, baby. I was going to say, you want my crystal ball? Yeah, I got exactly. one right here. Oh, you have one. Good. Yeah. Uh, I think two years. I mean, you know, I'll tell you what, before in uh, the early 90s and uh, into the start of the 2000s, we could say, hey, don't worry. Next spring, it'll go up this much and you'll be fine. And now we can't say if it's going to be next month. And I think that's true. And I think that's been that way since about 2008. Uh, we just don't, you just don't know uh, what it's going to do. I always tell people when we're, when we're, even when we're doing market analysis and I go into a house, I say, you know what? We can't price your house until number one, we know what you're going to do, you know, when you're going to go on the market, who we're competing against at that time. And then what the market is actually doing. I mean, are rates, you know, high? So there's a lot of factors in that. So, no, I don't, we have no idea. Hopefully uh, it's going to remain strong with low inventory. And But I think obviously a 
economy, uh, if that doesn't shape up, you never know, you know. Right. But I, but I look at, there is people though right now, Andy, that I look at, they're kind of wondering and I'm like, hey, if you're, if you think it's going to go down, but hey, you're getting top dollar here and you're paying, you know, probably top dollar as well. What's really the difference? You're in kind of to whatever you are. Right. So, hey, maybe, yeah, you'd sell here, but you'd get it here. The difference is still the same. Mark, when should, uh, when should she call a realtor? You know, in, in my opinion, right, it's right now is always, like you guys said, it's the most certain, you know, you, you can always wait, but I mean, look at what just happened to us over the last two months. I, I would like to say on the real estate side, we came out of this really well, but it could have went a different direction for real estate too. If all of a sudden, you know, we do hold on to these shelter in place orders, we do lose a lot of jobs, you know, at some point that would have a trickle down effect. So, I mean, it, and that, I mean, coming into to February, I, I mean, this market looked bulletproof. Now I think it kind of showed the strength of real estate uh, in a nutshell, but at the same time, I mean, don't get me wrong, there were fears across the board that we had no idea where this was going economically. We still don't. I mean, I, realistically, we don't know the true uh, financial impacts of what we just went through. We won't know for the next 12 to 18 months, in my opinion. I mean, there's a lot of numbers out there that are still getting sorted out. So, I mean, if if you're considering, uh, you know, now is now is a great time just because, yeah, it is a flip of the coin, whether it's, you know, which direction it's going to go. You know, and I know your market's a little different than ours, but but at the same time, we do follow similar trends as well. So I think yeah, you get a real see, you know, kind of yeah. looking at the uh, the sheer equity that's out there too. I think that one one thing that I can say about it is this: regardless if it goes up, down, wherever it goes, um, we're seeing more indicators showing stability, and we're showing more indicators showing that we're going to sustain growth with the amount of money that's been put into real estate versus into other investments. So. You're seeing, you know, people that were scared of the stock market, especially people with with cash, right? They're they're buying their cabins with cash. They're paying off their houses. Forty, what was it, Chris? Forty two percent of all properties across the U.S. are paid for free and clear. So, I mean, that's one of the highest um, we've ever seen. And substantial equity was with the remaining sixty percent, which was like I don't remember over fifty percent. So it was pretty high ratios of people out their houses paid for free and clear, but economies need the sales to keep moving. We're a big part of the GDP in the state of Minnesota and nationally. That's why you see local government and national government stepping in to help housing because in some cases it's 25% of the GDP. Um, nationally, I think it's 18%, but it's, I think in the state of Minnesota, it was like 20 some percent last year of our uh, gross domestic was was uh, uh, from housing. So anyway, I think you got a lot of uh, supporters and everybody needs a place to live. So all right. So what is typically, we can answer the first part of the question. When do you want to get a realtor in? You want to get them in as soon as possible. I don't care if you're thinking about selling in four years, just get them out there. And so sometimes you find out things that uh, you were going to do that you probably don't need to do. Um, right. I had, a, I had a person like that and they wanted to do the windows and the siding. And it was much better to do some other things to gain more money. And so right. saved them, I mean, over a hundred thousand dollars. Uh, just doing that because there's stuff, I mean, what they thought it was bad, but in the marketplace, it was not bad. So. Right. All what, right. Uh, what's typically included in the uh, sale of a home regarding personal property? Now, Chris, with you, with all your workout equipment um, right. in your houses, do you yeah. leave that behind or? Yeah. Yeah. I, I always like the latest and greatest, newest stuff. 
you know, so I always leave my workout stuff behind. Um, and they work really good for like clothes hangers. That's how I stage them. Uh -huh. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you laugh. I, I worked out, I, I said, I worked out for 23 straight years. I have to take a, take a break, you know? Yeah, it's a great idea. Really. 30 years, a 30 year break. But anyways, um, yeah, what's included? I mean, I, obviously it depends on kind of where your uh, uh, price point is as well. Because, yeah. you know, like in a in a house that's under 350, they're typically not leaving their TVs. You get in a house that's a million, it's kind of, a, it's, it's a given that the TVs stay and you don't have to deal with any of that kind of stuff uh, when you move in. So, um, but all your appliances are typically in there, your, uh, your curtains, your blinds, uh, window treatments, stuff like that. And then usually like sheds. And I mean, sometimes um, people don't include uh, swing sets and playground equipment, but uh, for the most part, you can usually get that. Right what there. about Mark? What about, uh, what about docks and lifts and that uh, 50 grand worth of lakeshore equipment you need? Is that, is that ever included in the sale or? You know, a, a lot of times it is included. Uh, I think it depends on, on the scenario a little bit. I always tell my buyers, you know, it depends is, is the lake buyer uh, or is the lake seller, excuse me, uh, are they leaving the lake or are they moving from one lake scenario to a different scenario? Are they going from, you know, we'll say Pelican Lake to Whitefish or something of that nature. Um, because in that, they're probably going to keep their dock, possibly, depends on depths and whatnot. Uh, but they're probably going to keep their lift because it's kind of set up for their boat. You know, so it's it's kind of, you know, I, I always look at that as a, a negotiating uh, piece. You know, new, obviously, it's they're quite expensive. Used uh, docks and lifts don't have nearly as much value. Uh, so it's, it's one of those where if it matches up for what you're looking for, it's definitely something I try to negotiate in, uh, cause it's, it's still a pain in the rear for the seller from time to time to transfer those things too. So right. it's, uh, well, and I, I would, I'd say there'd be a ton of value with the buyer because I look yeah. at last year up at our place, we replaced our, we did an all new flow dock system and a flow lift. And we spent over 40 grand on, I mean, nice stuff, but not the best. It's, it's one of their, you know, and it's like, to me, that blows my mind that you can spend that much money on docks and lifts and, and then you still don't get the boat for free. So, well, look at it on the buying perspective, where if, you, if you're buying yeah. a five, $600,000 house and you include that in on the sale, well, you're, you're, you're putting that in on part of your mortgage rather than coming up with that extra 40 grand cash to purchase this, these items, you know, so that's actually, I mean, in real, in all reality, what's that 40 grand cost you a month, you know, a couple, you know, a hundred bucks, a couple hundred bucks. So it's right. definitely worth it. All right, cool. I agree guys. So, um, so what do we do with pets during showings? Not seen or heard from. So that means don't leave them in the kennel either. You got to, okay. got to take them off site and remove all the things that, you know, you don't, puppy puppy dinner breakfast and lunch um is uh what you don't want to leave around either i mean there's mouths to that this, we have we have a dog and his food is disgusting to me i mean it just it's because he doesn't have no teeth or she I can't believe i can't believe you tasted I, it what's that? <laughs> <laughs> but i mean it, it has a smell to it you have to you just don't want people thinking about anything else and whether it's a pet or whatever you just don't want them thinking about that. You want them looking at, you know, the lot and the, the amenities that you have there that's going to go with the house. And sometimes a, a dog or a cat um, 
can be super, uh, it'd be a great thing, uh, but then they'll spend all the time petting it and playing with there rather than looking at the house. That's that's a fantastic point. It's it's you got to look at it from a buyer's perspective when you're a seller, and you're right. What's going to distract them from the true things that should be selling your house? You know, and and if the cat's sitting there doing circles around my leg the whole time, you're looking at the cat trying to figure out how to get it off you rather than looking at oh how beautiful the kitchen is or you know and, and then it then then they start looking for the the cat features too. Gosh, there's hair in the corners. There's you know what you know and oh there's the litter box. You know so it's it's yeah how do you how do you make it appear as if there's no pets there? Now obviously you still want to accommodate your pets, but you know do you put that you know, dog dish in the garage in the corner somewhere while you're out, you know, and, and can you find a place to hide the bag of food? It's not sitting in the pantry. You know, it's, you know, how do you, how do you make sure that it's as uh, clean as possible? They're going to see on the disclosures that you have pets, but you know, like I always tell my clients, my buyers, I say, Hey, if this is how it is, when uh, we're looking at the house, what do you think it looks like when they're not listing the house? Right. You know, and, and is that dog ripping up the carpet and, you know, doing its, you know, you know, so it's, it's really making it appear as if there's no pets there and, and they'll actually respect it a lot more too, saying, gosh, they've done a great job with these pets. So. Well, here's the other thing too. I think that people forget about when you're, when your home is on the market, it's on the market, regardless if there's a showing or not a showing. And so let's just say you have that pet. So here's another thing to think about and you put them on a chain in the front yard and let them kind of go around and, and hang out and it's screaming and yelling and, and going crazy at everyone. I mean, people drive around the neighborhoods and look at these houses. And so you keep that in mind too. And I was going to tell you guys uh, when Mark, you were going on some stuff that I remember I went into this one house that for a cat, I mean, it looked like Valley Fair, the thing they had for them. I mean, that this cat could go up to it and, and do all that stuff. And I mean, it was like a focal point of the whole basement. <laughs> And I'm like, oh my God. that's not how to stage a house. No, right? well, well, and, and honestly, if if you have a great relationship with your neighbors, it might be your neighbor's dog, you know, yeah. and 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 that's something to think about. Where if it's your your neighbors leave their dog in the kennel, you know, it's it's not a bad idea to go ask them. Hey, tell you what, we got we got four showings coming through our house today. You know, would you would you mind helping us out? Because every time that, you know, every time they're in the backyard walking around, the dog goes nuts because it doesn't recognize them, you know, but you can do it. You can do it in a respectful manner still. Uh, but I mean, it, it could be the neighbor's dog. Somebody might be looking at the house and say, hey, God, dang it, I don't want that dog barking all hours of the night. You know, it's 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 a it's a very relevant piece. I, I think so. So the bottom line is don't let your pet be a distraction from the, the Absolutely. value of the house. Absolutely. Hey, Mark, I, I did want to let you know that I did. uh recommend another stager to Andy so he didn't have those Valley Fair things in their basement on his listings. Exotic, <laughs> Joe, exotic Joe's uh, staging. <laughs> I do print everywhere. And, oh, gosh. Oh, that's funny. Um, well, so let's... Uh, there you are? Oh. Yeah. How do you handle uh, Chris Rooney smells in a house? I mean, smells in a house when you're selling Chris Rooney. Well, I mean, typically what you think is smoke or some um, uh, cooking techniques uh, in that. And, and again, smells take away from what we've been saying about the whole time when we talked about the dogs and the cats. And you just don't, you don't want that. But there is, there's those ozone machines 
you know, um, there's, uh, you know, when there's fires, they come in with those big machines and draw all that stuff out. Uh, we, we did that. We had one house that we did and we had them in twice and we still couldn't get it out, you know, the smoke and, you know, from smoking inside the house. And it caused a, I mean, a severe price reduction because of it. You know, well, I, I, I've, I've seen, uh, cases where smoking is a big piece, but you, you may need to look at painting. You may need to look at new flooring, uh, you know, but they're all things that could go into staging your house and getting a little more for it too. Uh, you know, but it's those, yeah, it, it, it depends on the smell a little bit. If it's a pet smell, usually it's all right, where's the carpet? Let's get rid of it. You know, let's try to keep the windows open, you know, try to get some air circulating, but, you know, I, I know uh, the house we bought, they, they smoked in the garage and it was three years uh, until we were, we finally painted the garage and the, the smoke smell went away, you know? So, I mean, it, it but I, I couldn't handle it every time I walked out the door, it, it, you could just tell they were in the garage all the time. Here's, you know, a, so here's, a great, here's a great thing for question number one. That's why you get a realtor in as fast as you can. You know, absolutely. Identify that stuff and exactly what you're talking about. And someone that's had some experience and you can go to another person and say, Hey, you know what? We had another house that we had listed. It took three years in which to do it. We finally remedied it, but here's the problem. And the price went down, you know, you take care of it now. We got exactly. The other thing is, is that even if you paint, that doesn't mean it comes out of the furniture, you know? No, so that's you very true. The thing. Very true. All right, guys, last question. Should you have a home inspection prior to listing your home? I don't think it hurts. It doesn't hurt. It's not normal. People don't normally do it. I think if you think you have an issue, um, you should do it. I mean, I, I always try to get people to do a moisture inspection, you know, that's prior to listing it because you want to have that out um, in one way or the other that, Hey, there is a problem or Hey, there is no problem. And I think that uh, helps your listing quite a bit. Explain that a little more, Chris. What, what do you mean by moisture inspection? So if you have a stucco or stone or a brick home that could get uh, potentially mold inside. And, you know, there's a big stigma here in Minnesota about stucco because there's been a lot of problems with it. And so, you know, buyers are going to immediately question that. So if you can eliminate that problem right from the beginning, they don't have to worry about that 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 there's not, there isn't mold under there. Let's enjoy the rest of the house because stucco houses look pretty darn nice, you know, if they're done right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, what do you think, Mark? Do you, uh, do you like inspections on, on lakefront property or what do you think? You know, I, I don't think it's a bad idea. Actually, on We're losing them again. There we go. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, we, didn't, we didn't hear any of it. So it's about inspections on a property. Yeah. So, uh, you know, especially on seasonal places, it's probably not a bad idea because some of them can look pretty tough from time to time. And it's just, you know, the big thing about inspections is, is knowing there's no huge safety or structural hazards that you're walking into. And not every home's going to look perfect clean. So Do you guys use that for your seller to protect your seller. Or do you use that as like a selling feature to show the buyer coming in that we've already, hey, we've already taken a look at it. You know, buyer, be calm and uh, go ahead and write that offer. It's a it's a comfort piece. Sorry, but it's a comfort piece. 
you're dealing with multiple offers and it could work well, you know, where it's, they don't, they know they don't have to go through that inspection. So they can eliminate their inspection uh, on their, on their offer. I mean, a lot of people, even if you do an inspection, they want to have one done, but there's a lot of inspectors that will go ahead and go meet with that buyer that already did the inspection and look at anything extra that they want as well. So it's a, it's not a bad thing. So, uh Oh, geez, what's going on? Yeah, I wanted to get back here. So anybody that wanted to get a hold of Mark, we're kind of at the end of the show here. Um, Mark also does a really cool, um, when you're thinking about land or you want to buy a lot or hunting land, uh, commercial property, lakefront property up in the Nisswa, Brainerd, Baxter, Cross Lake area. Mark does a real nice job. I'm actually on one of his home searches myself. And, uh, you know, they send you as they get listed, properties, you can take a look at them. And then what Mark does is uh, Mark will, uh, like if you have a weekend or a weekday, you can come up, you click all your favorites on the list, and then he'll line up all those showings and you can go hammer out, you know, three, four, five showings in a day and really get a, a, a great, great firsthand expert in the area that'll, that'll show you, you know, hey, this is, this is why I'd buy this house or this is why I'd avoid it. And um, we had Mark on today just because he's one of the best and uh, we want to thank you for coming on today, Mark. I appreciate it. Appreciate it, guys. Yep. Cool. All right, guys. Well, that is it for our show for today. Um, I do appreciate everybody that uh, tuned in. We had quite a few people actually live today, higher than normal, um, and uh, which is – so we had six. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's not I, about the quantity. It's about the quality. And everybody hey. that watches this show is obviously a very quality person. Andy, my dad just got out of the hospital, so I think he tuned in. So good. Yeah. I love your dad. He's the best. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, hey, thank you again for the show. Um, anybody wants to get a hold of these guys, uh, just message the show. Um, again, if you don't mind, we're trying to grassroots this thing. Like the page, share it if you want to. We want real estate agents, mortgage professionals, even consumers that are interested in real estate to go ahead and join us every week, watch the podcast or watch the, uh, the live feeds and, uh, eventually we'll have the podcast put together in about another week and a half. So probably by next week, when you come back, Andy, will have that house finished. Yes. <laughs> I am going to jump on the roof as we speak. Okay. Good luck. Hey boys. I'll call the ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us this week on the real estate radio hour. Don't forget to visit our website, realestateradiohour.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast listening app. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or sharing us with a friend. Until next time, stay awesome, Twin Cities.